Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Believers and welcome to Encounters. My name is Bill Carter. I'm part of the pastoral staff here. And I do pastoral care, which involves visitation, hospital. I teach, uh, do a connect group on the Holy Spirit. And um, they just wanted us to tell you some of the things we do. And so that's some of the things I do. And at end of uh, December is going to be 30 years. I've been a part of helping Pastor Joe and Gina with the vision. And thank you. And I want, you, I want you to know it's just been an honor and it continues to be a privilege to be a part of what God's doing in the earth. And you're a part of what God's doing in the earth too. Okay, now you're staying with me on this. And welcome all those that are viewing online. Welcome TCI, Mighty Men of Valor, and all those that are seeing. Um, we're dealing with encounters, and so let me share with you an encounter that I had. How many of you... Uh, Ever had a paper route? A lot of hands. Amen. A lot of hands went up last night, some this morning. Paper route. So I'm in junior high, and I had a paper route with a local newspaper. And I'm in Levisburg, so, you know, I've got my route. I can't remember how many customers I had, but I've got a paper route going on. And I got this one street of this paper route that as I'm doing customers on one side of the road, there is a ranch house that has got a German shepherd in the garage. Every time, remember, I'm junior high now, and I love animals, but every time I'm walking by this, you know, I deliver the paper, and every time I'm walking by, I, that German shepherd hears me or some, sees me. I don't know how he does it from the garage, but all of a sudden I hear him barking crazily, and he's, he's jumping on the, you know, on the a ranch. You've got, it's a double car, you know, garage door. He's jumping against that door, and I'm like, man, I'm so thankful you were on the inside of that door. And I kept walking. But then I'm coming down the other side of the street because I got more customers. And I don't know if the, if the owner let this dog out, but all of a sudden this dog is on the front porch. And he sees me. And now he takes off after me. And, you know, if you've ever seen a German Shepherd or some a dog like that, you know, when they are coming at you, they're not actually barking. They are in pursuit. They are lean and, mo and, and, and mean after their game. And I see this dog jumping off the porch, flying through the yard, flying across the road, coming at me. And I'm trying to put a paper in a customer's box right by the house. True story. I jump in the screen door, and I'm holding it. And that dog's sitting there like this. And I don't know if the owner called him what. Eventually, the dog left. So this happened a couple other times. Then one time, I'm coming down, you know, and it's kind of in the winter, so I'm dressed kind of warm, but um, I'm coming down to deliver the papers on the far side of the road, and I, I look over, and that dog sees me, and the same thing, man, he comes lunging at me, he's flying across their front yard, flying across the road, flying right up at me, and I jump in that same screen door, I actually go into the kitchen. <laughs> they are eating dinner. They look up at me. I'm sorry, guys. Go, oh, that's okay. Because they can see the dog, like, right here on the, you know, on the storm door. Eventually, the dog leaves. Okay, now we're going to take action. Any of you remember an ivory liquid bottle for dish soap? So I got out an ivory liquid bottle, and I put pneumonia in it. Now, you know, I like dogs. I like animals. So I'm, it's not like I'm going taunting, looking to torture dogs. 
But some things aren't necessary until they're necessary. So I've got, I'm armed now, so I've got this. I'm just, all I'm trying to do is my route. And so now I'm, I'm down one side, I'm coming down the other side, and there he is out on the front porch. Takes off flying, just like always coming across the lawn, across the road, coming to me. This time I'm not running, folks. I'm standing, and I got that ivory liquid bottle, and I squeeze. And the pneumonia hits him in the front, and he, ah, he yelps. He starts doing this. He's down on the ground, you know, trying to clean his nose, you know, in the snow and everything. And guess what? I didn't jump in the neighbor's door that time. I kept on walking. Have you ever had something that tries to chase after you or dog you or just won't leave you alone? I think we can all relate to that. And all you guys that had paper routes, you may remember the story like that. So we're going to take a look at encounters. And we're going to take a look at Jesus. And we're going to take a look at temptation. What does temptation mean? It means being enticed to do something you know is wrong, that you know you shouldn't do. It's being enticed to do something you know you're going to regret in the morning. So whether it's food, alcohol, pornography, drugs, sex, lust, gossip, spending too much money shopping, or whatever, every one of us is in mortal combat with our own personal set of temptations each and every day. If we're honest, we're not winning as much as we'd like to. Would you agree with me? We'd like to win more. We want to talk about temptation and the weapons God's given us as believers to fight against those temptations and win more battles. Let's take a look at Jesus' encounter with Satan. And I just want to say, with enticements, you're a three-part being. The real you is a spirit man. That's a part of you when you receive Jesus. That part of you was made new, and, and the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. And that part of you wants to go after God. You're here today. It loves God. That part of you, the Holy Spirit dwells in, always wants to walk pleasing to God. But then, as a three-part being, you have a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions, your giftings, your intellect. And you, just like me, brothers and sisters, your soul is a work in progress. Your thinking and attitude is a work in progress. Good thing is, he that began that good work in you, he's going to continue to perform that good work in you till the day the Lord returns. And he says it is a good work. Say this with me. The, the work that God is doing in me is a good work. It's a good work. It's a good work. Doesn't it feel good to say that? So we got the enticements and everything, but I wanted you to just have the base. And then you live in this earth suit. And your earth suit, just like mine, wants nothing to do with spiritual things. Your flesh nature, like mine, is selfish and wants its own thing. But we're learning how to keep that guy in its place, too, aren't we? Yeah. Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So here's Jesus, actually. He's just come out of being baptized, comes up out of the water. The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon him in the form of a dove. And now this Holy Spirit is leading him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why was the devil trying to tempt the Lord Jesus into sinning? Here's the reason. If Satan could get Jesus to commit even one sin, he could extinguish God's plan of salvation forever. And that was his goal. 
God's plan of salvation for the human race is based upon a principle of substitutionary atonement. Substitutionary atonement. Here's what it means. God is willing to let a substitute atone for your sin and my sin. And that's why Jesus had to go victorious through the temptation. But this substitute must be sinless because God's justice cannot let someone pay our death penalty when they owe the very same death penalty themselves. You see, substitutionary atonement. Aren't we glad Jesus did for us what he did because of his love for you? Look at 1 Peter 1.18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And aren't you glad Jesus was successful through that temptation for us, for you, and for me. Amen? Then look at verse 2. After fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. Now that's quite an understatement. I don't know about you, but after I've had breakfast, I'm wondering about what I'm going to do for lunch. After I've had lunch, I'm thinking about, oh, what can I do for dinner? But he was had fasted 40 days and he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He's challenging who he is. He's trying to get him to come out from under the obedience and walking with the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to get him to take matters into his own hands and satisfy his hunger. Look at Matthew in verse 4. Jesus answered. Notice he spoke. The temptation is coming, and notice, he opens his mouth and he speaks. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I think you and I are learning that our life comes from the word. Wouldn't you agree with me? Well, look, you're here today. And you're not sitting here because I'm doing a concert and singing. You're here today to feed on, to hear, and to be encouraged and instructed by the Word of God. So like me, you are learning more and more that our life comes from the Word of God. Amen? But let me challenge you in this. Let it be more a part of your life. When you're having a devotional time or when you're sitting here today, and, or even during praise and worship, and the Holy Spirit seems to impress something to you upon your heart, or when you're hearing that word today and something seems to pop, or maybe a light comes on. The psalmist said, Lord, you light my candle, you turn my darkness into light, Psalms 18. When something pops, you ever had something pop in the word? You know what I'm talking about? I want to encourage you. Grab that. Log it. Chart it. Get a hold of it. Don't let it slip. If you've got a digital device, get in your notes and make that note. If you've got hard copy or a notebook, capture that. Capture that. So that when we continue on in this thing called life, we don't just drift away from those precious words. Because the Holy Spirit, he's in you. He's your teacher. But I want to encourage you just to let that become more and more part of your life. And, and keep value on it and retain it. Amen? 
Matthew verse 4, verse 5, chapter 4, 5. Then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, now the devil's using the word. He's quoting the word to Jesus. This is how crazy he is. Jesus is the word made flesh. And the devil's quoting the word to Jesus to try to get him to do something. He said, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So the devil's quoting the scripture back to Jesus, but it's, it's out of context. It's a wrong application. Verse 7, Jesus says, he answers once again. See how Jesus is dealing with the tempter? <clears throat> See how Jesus is dealing with temptation? Jesus answered. He spoke and he said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus always kept himself in the word of God. He kept his place in the word of God. And you can do that too because the Holy Spirit will help you. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And there's a lot of ways that a person can worship the devil and give themselves to the devil. But the, he says that he'll give those kingdoms to Jesus because they were given to him. If you'll just bow down and worship me. And once again, Jesus opened his mouth. Here's how he dealt with the temptation. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's really what our life consists of, you know, as believers in Christ. We worship. We did today. We worship God out of our hearts with praise and worship. You worship God during the, the, the week. You give thanks. You let those songs flow. And isn't it a blessing when you let those songs flow out of the inside of you? We worship God with our finances. And so we worship. And then Jesus said, and serve it's a cool thing in the kingdom, and the kingdom that Jesus set up works the complete opposite of the world. In the world, it's like, look out for me, look out for number one. I got to go after this for me. But in this kingdom, Jesus said, Mark chapter 9, if any of you, any of you wants to be first, let him be last of all and servant of all. That's how we get promoted. That's how we become great in the kingdom. We put ourselves last. We become last of all, and we become servant of all. And what happens? God gets you into the place that he wants you. God releases the blessings he has for you. And that's, dear brothers and sisters, just want to emphasize again, our growth track that goes on during second service. That's all about you plugging in and serving there's a blessing, you know, when you praise and you worship God, there's a blessing today. We're being blessed, you know, by the Word of God, and I know the Word of God is alive. I know the, the Holy Spirit's doing things in your heart and life. But there's an aspect of the kingdom that comes into your life when you serve. There's aspects of the kingdom of God that flood your life and explode in your life when you serve. When you discover the gift and you discover the desires that God's put inside you and begin to move with them, there's aspects and things that get released from the kingdom of God into your life as you're serving that don't come any other way. So we worship and we serve him only. 
And Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, everything else will be added on to you. Does that sound good? So then look at James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. See what the Holy Spirit through James is saying? Submit yourselves. You submit yourself. God's not going to bear you down and drive you down and make you submit. He'll make you uncomfortable on the inside. But he's not going to drive you down and bear down on you to make you submit. The scripture says, submit yourselves then to God. Now, I love the second part. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, the Holy Spirit kind of prompted me to get over into the word flee and just take a look at it a little bit so that I can share with you. And I love this because when you look into the word and you look into even this word flee, when you, res- when you start to take your place to resist the devil, there's some things happening in the spirit that these little imps that are trying to entice you, there's some things going on, brothers and sisters. Take a look. When you resist, he flees. One of the definitions from the mounts is he takes to flight. Like, I'm out of here. Man, I was dogging them for years. I was dogging them for months. I was bearing down on them. I was putting those negative thoughts in their mind, just having a ball. And man, they turned around, they resisted. Whoa, I'm out of here. Because when you stand your place and you start to resist and open your mouth like Jesus did, it's like a spiritual taser. And that little enticing imp that's trying to harass you, he's got to go. I love this other part. To shrink. Now, look at this one. Stand fearfully aloof. Some of you guys might remember the movie that was out with Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher. The first one, there's two of them. They're good movies. They're not Hallmark, I understand, ladies. But they're action movies. And so Jack Reacher's outside. He's getting set up. He's got four guys coming at him, and they're, going to take, they're assigned to take him out. They don't know he's trained in hand-to-hand combat. So they come, and they try to, you know, he welcomes them to come on. He, he makes sure, you sure you want to do this? And they come on, and he cleans their clocks. I mean, he maims them. He does a number on them. Or if you watch a Chuck Norris movie, you know, and Chuck's in a situation where, you know, because of his martial arts, several people are coming at him. Once again, he cleans their clocks. And so whether it's Jack Reach or Chuck Norris, next time that person sees, you know, Tom Cruise, he's like, whoa, I'm standing fearfully aloof. That guy's crazy. I'm not tangling him. I've still got this, you know, I got this cut on my head. I'm still feeling that in my knee. That guy's crazy. I'm staying away from him. I want you to see what happens when you resist the devil and he flees what actually has happened in the spirit. Now, here's our main point I want to emphasize to you. If you resist, he will desist and he will flee from you. If you resist, he will desist and he'll flee. He'll shrink away. He'll deem you as crazy. Man, after a, after a couple, three times of resisting him and resisting that temptation, guess what? He's going to stand down on you. And that's a good thing. Say this, say this with me. If I resist, if I resist he, will desist he will desist and flee from me. As I resist, As I resist he, will desist he will desist and flee from me. Amen. Jesus resisted the devil by quoting scripture that applied to that temptation. So let's take a look at the incredible weapons God has given us. Look at Ephesians 6:11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground, you can take your stand against 
the devil's schemes. Now, if you're reading this, just sitting in a, in a devotional time, and you read, so that you can stand, or so that you can take your stand, that word you kind of becomes personal to you at that time. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Now, I want to bring just a little bit of different emphasis in this. From this scripture, I want to say to everybody here in this room right now, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And the you is referring to every single one of you. So in the you collectively that's in this room, there are those of you that are walking strong in God. I'm just stirring up your pure mind. You're resisting temptation. You're resisting the devil. And you're causing him to flee. And then there are those of you that you've had a struggle. You've tried to walk free from this thing, and it keeps dogging you, and it keeps dogging you, and you feel hopeless, and you feel like, oh, God's got to be so upset with me. I've gone this through this thing so many times, and, and you've lost confidence before God. Well, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that you can withstand. And you might feel like, you know, God has just let you down and that this hasn't happened and this hasn't happened and the devil just keeps tripping me up. I'm speaking to you. You can withstand the devil's schemes if you put on the full armor of God. Brothers and sisters, it does not just happen. And the armor of God is available to you. The armor of God is the word of God. It's full of power, and the weapons that we have, they're mighty, but you have to put it on. And if you put on the armor of God, you can take your stand. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to take your stand. The Holy Spirit has a place of victory for you to walk in. He has a place of victory for you to stand in, and he will help you to take that place. Because Jesus said he's the helper, and he knows how to help you, and he knows how he wants to help you. All you got to do is say, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to walk in victory. Help me. Holy Spirit, help me take these scriptures and walk in victory. Help me. And guess what? He will come alongside, and he will help you, and he will strengthen you. Do you agree with that? Amen. Ephesians 6, 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Once again, to this same group, this big you in the room, with all the separate yous, you can quench every fiery dart. Now, what is a fiery dart? Fiery dart can be a negative thought coming across your mind. It can be a hopeless thought across your mind. A fiery dart can be a past mistake a past screw-up, a past sin, a past embarrassment, a past moment of shame, a past moment of violation. There's all kinds of fiery darts that the tempter, the devil, shoots across our minds. And the Holy Spirit's telling us you can extinguish all those fiery darts or flaming arrows if you take up the shield of faith. And once again, he's living in you, he comes alongside you, and he wants to help you. Distinguish those fiery darts, every single one, so that you walk strong, so that you walk free. Amen? Look at Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living. It is powerful. 
Say that word, powerful. powerful. Say it again. Powerful. One more time. Powerful. Did it feel good to say that? Yes, it does. Let me say this to you. The Bible is a spiritual book that comes alive when you act on it, when you speak it. Let me explain. In your Bible, whether it's on your phone, you know, and you look at a scripture, it's sitting there digital, or you have your Bible. How many of you have your Bible today? We still have some of us that carry our Bible. It's in black and white. And in your Bible, there's a scripture in James chapter 4, verse 8, that says, draw near to God, and then he'll draw near to you. Now, that's in black and white, sitting in your Bible, just sitting there, and you look at it. But then what did we do today? We all came together, and when the praise and the worship music started, what did we do? They led us in singing, and we began to sing, we began to praise, we began to follow along. And what began to happen as we did that scripture? The Holy Spirit began to move, he began to flow, he began to rise up inside of you. He began to move all through this room, and he was doing all kinds of awesome things and drawing us right into the presence of God. Wasn't he doing that? It's set right there 24-7 in the black and white of your book. But the minute you began to do it and you began to speak, that scripture came alive. And this whole room and all God's precious people in here just began to feel the Holy Spirit moving and working. The Bible is a spiritual book. It comes alive. When you do it and when you speak it, you see the picture I'm trying to paint? Does that make sense to you? Amen? So then look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And that's just walking in our earth suit. The Holy Spirit here isn't saying you're living all your days in the flesh. You're cussing everybody out that comes across you and drives wrong and blah, blah, blah. No. This is talking about we, we, we live in these earth suits, but we do not war according to the flesh. So this is telling us that every one of us, no matter how you try to mind your own business and just live a life before God, you are in a war, brothers and sisters. I don't know if it's two or three years ago, Pastor Joe taught a series called Bulletproof. It's on the armor of God, and the subtitle was Living or Armed for the Crosshairs of Life. You are in the devil's crosshairs. Now look at 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. God has given you weapons to pull down strongholds, and those weapons are mighty, and God wants his word dwelling in you, and that word dwelling in you is going to be mighty to pull down those negative thoughts, to pull down that thinking that's tried to dog you and harass you, to pull down those tormenting thoughts. But you, my dear brothers and sisters, have weapons. You, dear brothers and sisters, have to take your place in this warfare. And you, dear brothers and sisters, have to pull them down. One of the most wonderful ways is letting God arise through praise and worship and thanksgiving, and that'll blast a lot of things out of your mind. Amen? Didn't some of you have that happen today as we started into praise and worship? So we figure out the areas in our life where we face our greatest temptation to sin. And I think you can figure that out for yourself. Right? 
You know where the devil's trying to dog you. Then we memorize verses in the Bible that speak to those specific sins. Memorize. There's all types of things we memorize for daily life, don't we? I know some of us write more things down these days that we refer to, but we still memorize. And you have the mind of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will help bring back to your remembrance all these precious things. So we memorize scriptures and verses in the Bible. Then when facing temptation, we quote those verses to the devil. We quote those verses to the temptation. And we quote those verses to ourselves. It is written, devil. It is written. It is written. I am free. That sin has been washed by the blood of Jesus. I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness. And I stand in victory now. I stand strong. I stand holy before God. It is written. The only challenge is you can't quote the scripture and bring it up if you don't, first of all, put it in. When I work with people, I just tell them, you know, just it's not memorizing volumes at once unless you're one of those people that can, you know, has photo reading where you can just see a whole page and retain it and take a picture of it. But in most cases, it's just as simple as one scripture on a three by five for the week. And you keep it before you and you keep it before you and you read it and you memorize it. And thy word, the psalmist said, have I hid in thy heart that I might not sin against you. God wants to help you to hide that word in your heart so that it can affect your thinking, so that it can affect your words and bring more peace and life and joy into your life. Is this making sense to you? So let's look at some categories. Suppose you're dealing with lust. It's God's will that each of you should know how to control our body in a way that is holy and honorable. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. 1 Thessalonians 4, you can see it up there. And I want to say this once again, you're a three-part being. Your spirit man always wants to go after God. But you've got this thing called a flesh, and you've got a soul that's under construction. And so God, the Holy Spirit, will help you. He'll help you to walk free. He'll help you to walk strong. All you got to do is acknowledge him. All you got to do is ask him. If you're dealing with fear, do not fear. For when you pass through deep waters, I'll be with you. They'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor will the flame scorch you. For I'm the Lord your God, and you're precious in my sight, Isaiah 43. Has anybody here felt like you've gone through some overwhelming waters and situations this week? Nobody? Okay. Has anybody felt like you've been through the fire this week? I know some of you are going through it. If you're breathing, you've been through one of these. It's either fire or water. You've been through something this week. And if you haven't, I rejoice with you that you had a wonderful, carefree week. But for those of us where you've gone through the fire, he says, you're precious to me. And I just want to say this about when you go through the fire, it's your, your faith is like pure gold, dear brothers and sisters, and the devil's not getting over on you. Your fire that you're going through, you're just getting more refined. And you're getting more refined. Do you hear me? More precious, more pure that you're walking in. Now, those of you that are going through that should be amen right now because that's you. I'm talking to you. Maybe it's gossip. Now, I know this is not for anybody in this room, so this is just for those watching online and, you know, in other places. But if you're challenged with gossip, you hear something, oh, man, i got to repeat this. Oh, i got to share this. 
Once again, you're born of God to walk in the ways of God in here, but you've got to renew that bump on your shoulder. You've got to renew your mind, just like I do. Look what it says. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for building others up, that what you say may impart grace to the hearers, Ephesians 4.29. Maybe it's laziness. Whatever you do, do you work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. For it is the Lord Christ whom you serve, Colossians 3.23. Maybe you're in a job where you are just, you don't like your job, but you need the paycheck. You don't like your job, but I need this paycheck. The Holy Spirit will help you to deal with that disdain and that part of your flesh that just does not like that job. He'll, he'll strengthen you and empower you to walk into that job with joy. Because when you've got joy in here, it doesn't matter what you're walking into. Did anybody hear that? When you've got joy in here, it doesn't matter what you're walking into because he's with you. Maybe it's scheming. It was so cute. After service last night, a lady come up to me. What's that one on scheming? What is that scripture on scheming? So obviously it meant something to her. <laughs> Look at scheming. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed. What you said in dark will be heard in daylight. And what you've whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the rooftops. Now, here's Jesus in Luke 12. And once again, if you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and your old way of thinking before you were saved was scheming, like charting, plan, planning things to get the upper hand or to get around, and that's part of your thinking, that's part of your old man, you can get washed and renewed from that too. Because the Word will help set you free and the Word will help you to walk in that. Is that making sense? Amen. So how do we resist temptation? How do we deal with that encounter? We open our mouth and speak. It is written, and we speak to that thing. And that little imp that's trying to entice you and bring nothing, he will flee. He will stand down. He'll get tired of messing with you, and he will escape to get out of your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word that is alive. I thank you for your word doing precious and awesome things in all of our lives today, all those watching online, all those at TCI. I thank you for your word that is working mightily. Thank you for turning on lights today. Thank you for bringing back hope where there seemed to be overwhelming failure. Thank you for bringing healing to bodies. Thank you for flooding minds with peace today. Your ways are so wonderful, and we thank you for that. Now, as the Holy Spirit just continues to move, let me take a moment. If you're here, and, or you're watching and listening, and you're not sure of your eternity. We talked about Jesus, how he became the atoning sacrifice to give himself in exchange for our sins, and he kept himself as the holy, pure Son of God, the Lamb of God. And he did this because of his incredible love for you. And simply put, what he wants to do is he wants to take your sin and he wants to give you his free gift of righteousness. He wants to take that whole ungodly lifestyle and take it and give you the gift of righteousness and holiness. He wants to give you the free gift of eternal life. We call it the great exchange and we do it through prayer. And he wants to give you that free gift now. So you can pray this prayer. And brothers and sisters, pray this prayer along with me and we can all pray together. Jesus, I thank you for loving me just the way I am. I thank you for dying 
to take away my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I receive you as Savior. And I receive you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.